because you're jumping back into the gut. Hey coach, welcome to the Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Oliver. I appreciate you joining us for this week's podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit basketballimmersion.com for more coaching resources and access to all the basketball podcasts. I hope you will give us a shout out on social media, on Twitter at Bball Immersion, or on Instagram at Basketball Immersion to help me continue to share the game. Enjoy the episode. Coach, I really appreciate your support and sharing of the podcast. I'm excited to announce a new partnership that we have started and we are now presented by and supported by the outstanding team at risingcoaches.com. Aligning with a basketball brand like Rising Coaches has always been a goal of mine since starting the basketball podcast, and I'm grateful for the opportunity that has come our way. Rising Coaches provides access to the largest coaching tree in basketball. Through them, you can develop your craft as a coach, connect with other coaches and decision makers, be the first to learn about countless job opportunities on the exclusive Rising Coaches member site. Go to risingcoaches.com today to find out more and become a member. Awesome today to welcome Tobin Anderson to the podcast. Coach Tobin Anderson is the head coach of the St. Thomas Aquinas Spartans. During his tenure, he has averaged over 23 wins a season, has a 75% winning percentage, and has led his team to six consecutive NCAA Division II tournament appearances. He also has been voted ECC Coach of the Year twice. Coach Anderson has over 16 years of coaching experience at the NCAA Division I, Division II, and Division III levels. Much of his success can be attributed to his pressing system that he has adapted over the years. Tobin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Chris. Great to see you and great to, great to be on. Well, you know what? We met and we just figured this out that uh, you were 24 and I was 22 and we were both on the camp tour, uh, traveling around the U.S. working camps and we met at Maryland camp way back when. Isn't that something? It seems like yesterday. It's, it's unbelievable how time flies. I mean, it, was a, it was a great time in our both, probably both our lives just going around. No, no responsibilities at all, just going to camp to camp. And I had like two days off all summer, but it was a, it was a great time. And it's amazing talking to young coaches nowadays that that just doesn't seem to be an option anymore. And that's too bad because, I mean, again, the, not just the learning, but the network that you built and the friendships and all the different things along the way. I'm sure just like you, I've got, I probably got 50 friends who I met through the camp circuit way, way back when, 20, 20 years ago. And I might see it once a year, once, once every two or three years. And we're still good friends and still talk, talk, you know, or text or communicate for, you know, social media, whatever. But it was, um, it was a lot of fun. And you, you learn so much. You learn from different coaches and you learn from asking questions and things like that. You don't have as much of that anymore. It's, it's too bad. I, I do miss that. It was a lot of fun. Well, I'm glad you said that because I do think the power of the question is really what, what helped me at that time is really to learn is just understanding, okay, I don't need to talk, but you know what I can do is listen and ask good questions. And that was really powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. And, there was so, and there's so many different viewpoints and thoughts on things. And it's like, you know, to, to listen to people talk. And even now, like during the season, it's, it's so good for me to hear. You get, a, you get a bubble sometimes. You don't talk as much or communicate. Like if I get on the phone with a few people and start just listening and asking questions, I get so many new ideas and new thoughts. And it, it helps me a ton just to, just to talk. So I, I get to remind myself sometimes during the season to make sure I make two or three phone calls a day to buddies or friends or just colleagues to, to keep me sharp. Well, and you're keeping us sharp by doing this podcast and uh, your immersion video project at TobinAndersonBasketball.com, where you shared your pressing system and all access. And uh, what was that experience like? It was awesome. It was great. You know, I mean, I, listen, I, when, you, when, you, when you believe in something that you do and you, you like what you do and it's fun, that's kind of part of the fun of pressing is we, we, we enjoy it. It's, a fun, it's fun, to, fun to practice. It's fun, to, fun for the games. It's fun to, to, to teach. 
So to do that with with you and to to to, to do that together was was just a lot a, a ton of fun and to get um get me going get me thinking get me talking and 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 um, hopefully people can learn from from that a little bit and just you know same thing I I go through it I'm like oh, I should have said this or I should have said that or you know, I, I missed I missed that point or whatever I'm sure I missed a, lot, a ton of things but it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Well, intimate and raw access and, uh, you know, again, thanks, but also a film session and a philosophy session, which I think is uh, incredibly unique to be able to provide that access. So thanks for doing that. No problem. It's great. So we're going to get into some uh, questions about uh, your, your, your pressing system, but also just in general, some of the success and some of the things that you've done. And uh, let's start with this. What's the importance of turnover margin for you and how do you incorporate it into your practices? Yeah, we talk about that all the time. I think that's I think it's really important. I think the turnover margin. I think I know years ago we did you know studies about if you were plus five in turnover margin, most of the teams who were plus five, it's like ninety percent of the teams were 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 twenty plus wins, twenty five plus wins, NCAA tournament teams. Even now, I'll go through. I don't pay as much attention as I used to because it's kind of like we 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 assume we kind of know where we're at. You know, it's not like we're we're not we're, we're like we're plus six this year, which is great. Um, so. I'll go through the the numbers and, you know, most teams are winning 20 games or are, are having a lot of success because when you get turnover margin, you get more shots, you're getting, and those turnovers in the press lead to layups. They lead to dunks, they lead to layups, they lead to easy shots. And so if you can get more easy shots than your opponent, which we all know, I mean, we, we, we try so hard on out of bounds plays and on special plays and sets to get easy baskets. If we can get five, six, seven more shots than our opponents off of turnovers, then that's a major, major thing. And I think that's a huge part of winning. So we, we talk about with our players all the time. We talk about with with our, with our staff. We're we're always constantly trying to, to evaluate that. And you know we're, you know I'd say we're probably in the middle on analytics. We 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 you know, we we go both ways. Sometimes it's, it's it's a feel, but it's also numbers. That's one thing we pay a lot of attention to. And like we were, we had a game there night where we're minus two, and that just you know we we didn't play well. You know if we're minus two, we're we're not we're not going to play well. And if we're if we're plus eight, it's going to be good for us. And so we that just there's a there's a huge correlation for us. And I think our guys believe in that. They buy into it. And, and obviously, we stress it all the time and through practice, through through games, the whole, the whole thing. Well, and you guys live it in practice because, again, you're a pressing team. It's not like yeah. we're going to watch your practices and not see you press. I mean, you guys press and you emphasize that, as you said, all the time. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, people always say, well, you got to press a pressing team. They don't, they don't value the ball as much because they're, they're, they're used to creating turnovers. So, so part of us is that we want to create turnovers, but also we don't want to turn it over. You know, if you, you start, we start throwing the ball with the gym because we're playing fast. That's not that's not good for us at all. So we we really stress with you know the, the other side of that is to to play fundamentally sound offensive basketball, play off two feet, um, pass and catch the ball, you know all that all that kind of stuff. And we we don't you know we 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 chart and practice our turnovers. We we have a, we have a, um, numbers on the wall. I get this. I mean guys use balloons now and things like that. We just we went through ten and you get ten to start the game. And I think my dad always said that when dad was a high school coach back in the day. And and um, you know, if he, we'll give we'll give you ten. You get we'll, you know we'll tell our team we'll give you ten turnovers, and that's that's a pretty good number. And you know, ten becomes twelve sometimes, and twelve becomes fourteen. But if we can get if we can stay in that number, the 10, 12, you know, thirteen area, and we can force twenty, it's a good night. It's a good night for us. And what's happening in practice if they get over ten? We run. <laughs> there's a there's a consequence. It depends on what kind of a mood I'm in too. I mean, it could be a, it could be a down and back. It could be push-ups. It could be you know. If we're playing the next day, it's push push-ups, you know, and, and yeah. it's just something to remind them. It's not the it's not the punishment. It's just to remind them, hey, we that's that's enough. You know, we got to be a little more sound, a little more fundamental. And when you press, I mean, and I think you can be a little like we're not as um, you don't have to be as precise sometimes. Like, do you we, we you know we're not trying to be exact. We're not trying to be like we're not. I don't. I'm not holding their hands. We're not. We're not. Um, 
you know, we're not uh, dictating them all the time what they have to do. So it's like, we, we're going to screw up. We're going to make mistakes and we, we're going to live with mistakes, but there's a certain amount where you get, Hey, listen, that's, that's enough. That's, that's, it's time for us to have some sort of consequence. And so, you know, we try to do something every, you know, once we get to 10, so, so if the Maroons play in white and we're, we get to 10 and Maroon turns it over, Maroon has a, a, a punishment, a down and back five pushes, whatever it may be. If white turns over, white's got a punishment down and back the same thing. And so it's, it's worked out pretty well for us. We try to mess around with it sometimes. And like most things you mess around with, and it, it's not as good as the original. So we, we just tend to go back to that all the time and it, it works out well. Well, of course, the game consequences you lose. So yeah. uh, running in a few push ups in practice is a good emphasis yeah. to count. We have a chart that. too, Chris. We have a chart in our, on our wall. It's just a turnover margin. Um, you know, do we, do we get it? Do we not get it? The goal is plus five. The goal is plus five. So they can see on the wall as plain as they walk in the locker room. When we're plus five, it's, it's almost always a win. You know, and then when it's plus eight or plus nine, it's a it's a big win. So they know what leads to winning. You know, we stress it all the time. Uh, another philosophy that has shone through uh, through the practices and in talking to you, and that's the philosophy of winning runs during the course of the game. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So you know, I think when you play teams that you're already better than, um, you're gonna you're gonna no matter what you do for the most part, you're gonna win the game. You're gonna play. You're gonna play well if if you, you don't screw up and don't 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 uh, do 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 dumb things. So it's the games against the good teams when you want to have those six nothing runs, eight nothing runs. I mean, you, you know, a, a 15 nothing run is probably, uh, that's, that's an outlier. That's not something we're trying to get. So we, we tell the guys all the time, we want to get a, a, a bucket, a, a turnover, a bucket, a turnover, make them call timeout. That's a huge, that's a, that's a big run right there. So if you can get one or two runs per half, six nothing runs, that gets you to plus 12. And then, you know, gets you a, 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 one more in the second half, that gets you to plus 18. That's that's the game right there. You know, what we don't want to do with the press is we're not taking crazy chances. We're not trying to give up layups, you know, no open threes, three point shooters. We're trying not to foul. So, you know, it's the run's got to be um, in our favor. You know, we can't have three in our favor and then three against us. So the, the, but those those runs are very, very important. And, they, and, and like it's such a momentum thing, too. If you can get that going, it helps your team. It helps it helps the bench. It helps the the the, the crowd obviously gets into it. So we're we're looking for runs. But we don't want to give up runs too. It's the same. It's the same thing. And there have been some times. Obviously, you give up a couple of layups in the press. You can't blink. You can't. You, but you also got to say, hey, this this can't happen on a consistent basis for us to be successful. But I think the the important thing is when we play good teams and we played a lot of good teams and the tournament stuff like that. We're not going to get them on a twenty to nothing run. It's got to be, hey, just be be sound and then hopefully get get that run that can take the game from a a tie game. And especially the run comes at the right time. You know, there's six minutes to go in a game and you can get a six to nothing run you're pretty much put it away right there. So, um, yeah, those are very important to us. Well, and also, uh, you know, I want to talk about something because we talked about some of your pressing videos. And when we were talking about this product, we talked about that you were going to do an update to the Rick Pitino system. And uh, I just want you to talk a little bit about the influence of Rick Pitino and other coaches as you have adopted and adapted some of their ideas to build your pressing system. Yeah, and that's and like I was, it's a it's a Patino press at the at the heart. It's a it's a Patino press. It's like anything else. It's like you know it's a, it's a it's a passing game from Henry Iba that you know the Bob Knight took or whatever. So we've just taken Patino's press. And what happened was he was, he just got the job at Kentucky, and my dad was a high school coach in Iowa, and a really successful coach in Iowa, and did did a great job, and always ran played half court man to man defense and ran motion offense, which was very successful. Well, he had a you know in high school you're going to have some ups and downs with with your talent level, and he had a he had some bad bad years there's some some not great players for for a couple of years and so he's like well i gotta i gotta figure out a way to win games so i went to kentucky watched him press and he just patino just came from 
Not for the Providence. No, Providence the Knicks next to, to Kentucky. And so he was put in his, in his system. And he's like, this, this could be good for us. We don't have any great players, but we do have nine or 10 guys who are fairly tough kids who, who play hard, fairly even talent, you know, no, 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 no great players. And so he came back, put the pressing system in, and they were 17 and four, you know, their usual record with a pretty, you know, low talent level team. And so for the rest of his career, he pressed, he pressed the rest of the time. And so I was in college then I came back to watch him play. I said, well, you know, what, what the hell is this? I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen this at all, but then, that was a time when, when he started getting the Jamal Mashburns and the, and the, and the Tony Delks and the, and the, and the Walter. I saw remember Walter McCarty being on the ball as a, as a four man press. And I'm like, man, that it would be hard to play against. And so that's the, that's the foundation. That's, that's, and you know, it's just, a, it's a great way of um, for your program to, to throw the first punch, to go after people, to be, to be aggressive, to be assertive guys like playing that style. And that's hard. I mean, they like playing that style in games. They don't like playing that style necessarily every day in practice and they don't like to do the conditioning stuff. I mean, I, the, the stuff they did back at Kentucky to get in shape was, was um, pretty crazy. So, you know, we just have taken that press and I, we've done it now for, I've been a head coach now for 21 years. I've pre- we probably pressed, I'd say 19 out of those 21 years, almost the whole, the whole year. We, it's been some years it was kind of, we'd press half the year and then we might have an injury or something or not as deep as we thought we might pull it back a little bit, but for the most part, we're pressing all the time. And we've tweaked, we've obviously tweaked it. We've added our own spin to it. We've done dirt, certain things that are a little bit different, um, but it's still, it's a black white. I mean, white's, white's still four man on the ball. Black's the four man's off the ball. There's no changes there. Um, you know, and now I don't think I see a lot of people playing that way with that pressing style. So I think it's still very, very effective. And, um, but that's, yeah, that's the foundation. That's, that's the, the, the thing. And we, st- I still go back and watch old tapes of them or we'll show our team old tapes of Kentucky playing to kind of get a feel for, how hard they played and how, how, how aggressive they were. I mean, there's one game they're playing LSU um, and they're down 30 points. And it was like, they didn't even blink. They just kept, they just kept coming. And they were, they were very aggressive. We're probably most years, not as aggressive as they are. They, they were trapping everything, but they had some dudes. I mean, they had, they had nine NBA players, but, uh, but um, that's a fun, it's a fun way to play. It's a fun way. And that, that's, that's our, that's our foundation. And that's where it comes from. And, and um, you know, I think he was ahead, obviously ahead of his time in a lot of things. But that was the, the, big, the biggest thing was that press has really had a big influence on me and, I, and um, how we play, how our, our programs run. It, it, like pressing, it's a way of playing, but it's also kind of how you run your whole program. Your program kind of is like dictated by the fact that we have to be in great shape. Like conditioning is huge for us. Like we still, we're still pretty old school in how we get ourselves into shape. We're still running on the tractor in the fall. We're still doing a lot of um, sprints in the gym. We're, we're doing the, the pressing helps us get into shape, but it's, there's extra stuff involved there too to make sure you know, our guys call it, they call it stack shape. Like I'll ask them and say, how, how are you doing? How, how's the summer going? How's, how's the off season? Yeah, I'm good. You in shape? Yeah, I'm in good shape. I'm not in stack shape. So they, <laughs> they, that, that wasn't a word I invented. They kind of came with that themselves. They just called it, that's their own thing. So it's um, an extra level of conditioning you have to have. And just, you know, people come to the games and they know how we're going to play and they're excited about it and, and um, recruits like it. And, and uh, we're scoring points, obviously. So it's just a kind of a way of living, you know, we, and I'm, and I'm giving them control. Like I'm letting them, I'm letting them play. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, and that's kind of, you know, we, we run motion offense and we press, you know, so I'm not a guy who's calling a lot of set plays. I'm not a guy who's, you know, in the press, we're not, we're not telling them when to trap. We're not telling them where to trap. We're letting them just make those decisions themselves and trust them. Obviously there's a lot of coaching and teaching involved, but it's, it's, it's their press. It's not my press. It's, it's, they, they have to decide when and what to do with it. So it's, um, it's effective. Yes. Well, I, I want to come back to offense and connect that for everyone as well. But uh, 
you know, the one thing that shines through and you mentioned the teaching part of it, you, you teach a lot and it's, it's, again, it's a fallacy that you think you press and you're not teaching. And that's evident in all the videos that you've shared with us. So I want you to talk just about defensive decision-making in this style of play, because that is obviously the most important piece. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's obviously, you know, that's something we have to spend a lot of time on. And I was, I was, you know, we have coaches come through practice all the time. They're like, well, how, you know, I won't do, you know, and obviously the, in the, in the tapes, I, I do have to do more, more teaching and practice to, to, to do it, to show it, to teach it. Um, I try to, once we get the season going, I try to let them play during the practice. And then we do a lot of stuff on film, a lot of video stuff, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of hey, this, this is a good time to go. It's not a good time to go. We watch a lot of film individually with the players so they can kind of get a good feel for it. But yeah, they have to be able to make, and it, it, the game's played fast. I mean, in a, in a pressing system, you're playing, you know, it, it's quick decisions. So you've got to be able to decide um, and be instinctive. You know, we want our guys to be, we don't want them thinking, thinking, thinking slows their feet down. We want them to be, to be instinctive and have a good feel for, you know, when to go, when not to go. Um, you know, Hubie Brown always said the hardest thing for an offensive player is when to shoot, when to pass. I think for us to go is, when to trap, when not to trap. You know, there's times that we want short traps. We don't, you know, long traps get you a lot because long traps become long rotations. So they got to know that they're close enough to go. They got to know who they're trapping. They got to know who they're trapping off of. They got to know kind of um, what's happening in the game, how the, how the game is being played. Um, all that kind of stuff goes into it and, and um, who they are, you know. I mean, I'm a guy, I mean, I couldn't have played. I couldn't have played this system. I, could, I couldn't guard anybody. So it's like, but certain guys could be, more agree. We we had a kid years ago who was a four man in front of the press, and he would trap all the time. And I would say, um, you know, Dan, we're trying to get him to, you know, I mean, he probably shouldn't trap there, probably shouldn't trap there. At the end of the day, he wanted to go traps. So we're like, all right, to heck with it. We're just you go trap when you want to go trap. And I said, fellas, behind him, Dan's going to trap. Like we we have to understand, Dan is going to go trap whatever I say to him or, or not. We have to adjust and be ready to rotate when he goes. So you got to know your teammates and things. There's a lot of things that go into it and and into to making the right decisions and, and, and being smart. And then, you know, at the end of the day, you go and you're aggressive. As long as we can sprint back and recover and, and, and you know, get out of those traps and get out of those rotations, get back to five on five and play half court basketball. Once we've, we've forced the tempo, we're going to be fine. So like there's times we'll make a mistake with the press, but because of our effort level, because of our, 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 our back tip, our back pressure, um, the guys in the back not coming up too soon, we can get back to five on five and play half court basketball. And then, and then if we can do that, we'll, we'll be in pretty good shape. Well, I used to talk about on defense, the first person that talks is right. Even if in theory they're wrong, same yeah. thing applies in the press for you, right? Yeah. If someone goes, everyone, yeah. they're right. And everyone else has to figure it out. Yeah. That's the decision. It's, it's, you can't go back and, re, and, and rehash that. That's, he goes where we're all going. And the, the, what you just said, we, we said it all the time. The first guy who talks is, is a guy that sets, sets everything else in motion. It's a domino effect. Once that happens and everybody else can kind of, so once we go trap, like there's, we're moving. Like when, when one guy goes, we all go, you know, that's, and I hear that all the time. And one for pressing teams or from half court defensive teams, when he, when he goes, man, we're all, we're all going. And, um, you know, you're on a string and the string, when the string moves, you've got to be moving. You can't wait till the ball moves. You can't wait till, um, they make a play. It's gotta be instinctive. And so we, um, you know, we actually get string out to start, a lot of times to start the year and have them on a, like you're on a string. And once, when there's a trap being made, there has to be rotations. There has to be guys moving. And that's, that's so important. So obviously forced turnovers, fatigue opponents, but a, another big important why behind the press is to confuse your opponent. And that's one of the beautiful things about your system is there's a lot of matchup oriented concepts where a team really can't tell if it's a zone press, a man press, whatever it is. 
And that's a big part of this, isn't it? That's huge. I think that, and I think it's the beauty of the press. It's like, if you play a two, two, one, or you play a one, two, one, one, or you do that kind of, which is, I think are all effective for, you know, Jim Calhoun at UConn was tremendous with his two, two, one for years. So, I mean, you can do what you, but our, ours is a little more where it can adapt to, to um, the situation, it can adapt to who you're playing. So that, and it, you don't know what's, they don't know when we're going to trap because we don't know when we're going to trap. There's no, there's no, it should be unpredictable. It shouldn't look the same twice in a row. Unless we're on a run where we're trapping everything. Um, it should be unpredictable every time. And so sometimes we'll trap the first pass. Sometimes we won't trap at all. I mean, I love traps around half court. Traps around half court are, 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 are fantastic. If you can get a guy turned in the backcourt two or three times and then get something around half court, because then you have shorter rotations, shorter traps. We love stuff around there. And it's funny, like the guys will figure things out. So like, you know, we'll have guys come to the bench during, during timeouts. They'll say, hey, stop. Stop trapping, like stop trapping so much. Let me work this guy a few times and let's get something around half court. And they're a little bit better about that. And like they actually get mad at each other about trapping too much, which is which is funny. They, they don't want us. They, they prefer to to get a guy turned two or three times. And like like a good stunt, a good fake, a good fake trap is just as good as a trap. I come up two steps and then I come then I like, I'm, is he coming? Is he not coming? And then, you know, teams have gotten better against it. Obviously, in our in our league and our region, they've seen it more often now. But it used to be like, well, they'd see it at first, and was it a zone press? Well, let's go to two one two, get a guy in the middle. Well, no, is it man press? Let's clear out. Well, if they clear out, we bring guys back, and then it looks like a zone press again. So we try. It's a little bit of cat and mouse, and you know, we I like to not dictate to them how to to go about it. But sometimes early on, we have to kind of say, hey, if they're if they're going to clear us out, we're going to go back, and you know, we're going to go back and trap him like right away. As soon as he goes over half court, we're going back to trap. Um, We'll bring more guys up that way. It just depends on what they're we're trying to do, but it it is very unpredictable and it's very um, it's unique in that way. And if we get good at it, it becomes um, different every time every time down. And, you know, to me, it's like sorry. I'm sorry because I just I'd say that like if we don't trap and just turn the guy and make them use ten or twelve seconds of of the clock before they're into our offense, especially against a set play team, that can really cause problems. And then then we can defend for for twenty seconds as opposed to defending for or 30 or 35. Well, I imagine another fun part for you is obviously getting them to the point where you can tweak it according to scout and start to mix in different things, whether you're denying the point guard, allowing the point guard catch, quick trap, no trap. I mean, depending on personnel, it can really, really be fun for you, can it? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. And that's and that's that's part of, that's part of the fun. Like, who, ta- who takes the ball out of bounds? And that's one of the biggest things is the inbounder. You know, it used to be always, always a big guy, always a four-man. Well, if the, if the, if the inbounder's a non-handler, we're going to trap all the time. You know, and the guys got to know that we're going to go trap the first pass. We're going to trap the first turn, make a throw back to the to the guard. They bring up, you know, think of one four. You know, a lot of teams will go one four, and then great. The more to me, the more guys in the backcourt, the better for us. The more guys they bring back, the more guys that, that are in this. We always tell the guys the more guys in the screen and in, in the actual video we can see, the better off we're going to be. So there's a, a lot of ways of, um, you know, a great a great point guard is going to cause you problems no matter what it is. But you know, like, but a great point guard, we're going to trap, get the ball of his hands. And then try to deny the ball back if we you know get a chance to. Um, we'll double team sometimes on the inbounds pass. What we call a, a rondo. We'll go double team the point guard and make it tough to get the ball inbounds to him. So there's a lot of ways we can go about it. Like, yeah, I've always tried to like you know think of new things. Like we're always it's constantly evolving. Like I, I like to at some point get to we can just go to a zone a zone press and just stay in the zone. But we haven't gotten great at that. Just go to a, do a two on two or something like that. But we there's ways you can tweak it constantly to make it better. And, and I'm. I'm always getting lots of ideas, which is great. And the players have and the players have ideas too, and they have thoughts on on things. And you know, they they love to deny the ball. Like for example, we'll play a team in our conference. They'll throw the ball into their their big man as a, as a pressure release. 
and then we'll go we'll go we call it gray and we just deny everybody else and that could be very effective as well so yeah there's ways of of um you know going after people in a certain way and and um yeah no it's a it's a it's a fun way of coaching it's a fun way of preparing and like you got to kind of you know as you as you scout like what you know and like, here's the thing sometimes you're not sure what they're going to do till the game actually starts because a lot of teams don't press and so when they first see you know, it's like the first five minutes or first four minutes. It's like, what, what are they going to do? Are they going to clear us out? Are they going to bring guys back? Are they going to, um, you know, flash guy, guards in the middle? You know, whatever they're, then, then we kind of have to make an adjustment at the first media timeout. Okay, that's what they're doing. And but by the time you get into, the, you know, the, the, the second half of your season, you kind of seen everything by then and guys can pick up things a little bit quicker. Well, and it speaks to the in-game adjustment ability of you that you've had so much success with it because it really is place and importance on your ability to be able to adjust to what the other team's doing, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. We have one, I have one assistant coach who's just watching that, you know, cause it's like, it's like anything else I'm watching, you know, I'm watching our emotion. I'm watching our offense. I'm watching our other things too. And so it's like, we have one guy who's just watching away. What are they doing? Like what's, what's hurting us here? You know, if they get something they shouldn't have gotten, like, Oh, I want to know what's, what's going on there. But we got, you know, we, we have pretty smart players too, who can kind of, They'll tell me what's happened as, as well. Like, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have done this, or I shouldn't. I shouldn't come. I came up too far on this one, or I. I trapped too soon. Or was it a long trap? So they. They. They figure things out. But yeah, it's. It's. It's good to. It's good to get in a, in a situation where you are making adjustments as time goes on. So one of the challenges when you press is obviously that on the ball pressure because we can't make it too easy for that player to be able to pass and dissect the press, but we also can't pressure too much that we get beat uh fully uh without that uh, again sending him where you want to go so can you talk about that aspect of on the ball defense and the importance and maybe some of the teaching points as well well i think the first thing is we're not denying the ball inbound so we're playing we're playing beside the guy and obviously we, you know we can be a little more aggressive and, and get half a man up and if you can if you can steal a couple passes a game where you're shooting the gap where you're where you're open to the ball you're not denying you're, you're open get a couple of those if, if our four men on the balls put a lot of pressure on get a deflection Let's get a couple steals a game. But once it's inbounded, we want to be just just square. No, we're not going to force either way for the most part. Um, you know, I've had I've tried at times to do that, and that's always screwed things up. So we just stay open to the ball. I like to get our hands up if we can. I mean, it's not it's not an ideal defensive position, but I don't want them to see. And it, at the end of the day, if they can't pass against our press, if they have to dribble, we're in pretty good shape. And we always tell the guy on the ball, um, you know, don't get beat on the first bounce. That's ideal. Ideally, is you make them make them go two bounces to beat you, because at that point they're going to run into somebody. But there's got to be you got to initiate the ball. You got to you got to make the guy with the ball do put it, put it on the floor hard. You know, and they only got ten seconds. They don't have all day, so it's like we want to have tremendous pressure. Want to be square. And like I always tell the guys, if we can just get one turn. You know, if we can just get one turn where a guy, you know, I don't care who you are, just the guy starts to beat you, and it becomes. We're not sliding. The, the defense, the, the, the slide, slide, slide defensive uh, thrills are probably been gone for a long time, but especially in the press, it's, it's a slide and then it's a run. I mean, as soon, as soon as you start to feel like you're getting beat, you turn your hips and sprint and you, you throw your hands up because if you don't, if you put your, you know, if you put your hands out, it's going to be a foul. So once they start to beat us, we're sprinting and we're trying to figure, figure out a spot to, to get that guy turned. You know, it depends on who you are and who I'm turning. If I'm going against a really quick, good guard, it might not be as, you know, maybe further down the road, it might be around half court, but let's get one good turn and we'll go. But we, we don't want them to have vision against our press on the ball. We want to make sure they, they can't pass against the press. We want to make them go hard to beat us. And the thing is, if we get over to our spots, 
which you can see on the video is, you know, we're really trying to shrink the court, really trying to get the midline, um, get split the court in half. There's not much room to go. You have, you can't really go middle. So you have to go sideline and then we're ready on the sideline to get the trap and then get the turn and try to try to get our rotations going from there. But the guy in the ball, you know, when you got some pit bulls on the ball and guys who really want to defend, who love to guard and love to speed up the ball, um, that sets a tone for, for everything. It just, just makes it so much better. You know, sometimes you get guys who, you know, it's my dad used to always call it. It's a fake, the fake pressure. It's, it's like, we're there, but you're not really there. Um, that gets in trouble. You know, most of our, most of our problems in the press come from lack of ball pressure. I think that's probably two and a half court defense too. If you can't get great ball pressure and, and make them uncomfortable make them do things they don't want to do, it's going to hurt our press. No matter, no matter how good our guys off the ball are, it's the guys on the ball. And we always, you know, one phrase we use all the time is, is the, the on the ball makes us off the ball makes us good, but the on the ball makes us tough. And it's those guys that are just tougher, tougher than nails on the ball that get that gets us going. So we're we are, um, you know, you're lucky you're in college. You can recruit to that a little bit, too. But we got guys who probably couldn't couldn't out shoot, shoot, shoot my my wife, you know, who can't make shots by, by themselves in the gym. But they they make us better because they can really guard the ball. And they want to guard the ball. Yeah, it's great stuff and great insights in terms of that detail. And let's maybe shift to off the ball defenders and maybe specifically the deepest line, the backcourt position players. What are some teaching points for them? Are we playing on the line, up the line? Are we a little bit tighter? What are some philosophies? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a little bit of, you know, it's almost like we want to dare them to beat us over the top one time, once or twice first. Like, let's let's let, make them go over the top. Even on the, fir- the first pass, like we tell guys all the time, they'll never beat us in a game long, long term by going over the top of us. There's just, there's just no future in the the home run the touchdown the, that pass it's not going to beat us on um over the course of a 40 minute game i might get us once or twice so we're going to get really uphill we call it uphill we're going to get uphill um to start the game as far as we can like almost just just dare them to throw it over the top of us right on the ball side we're on the line up the line take the direct pass away then on the weak side we're coming way over to the midline and daring them to throw that diagonal pass cross court pass um, across the floor and so, and it's the same thing as the guys who are up, up on um, the front of the press. We want them to be active. We want them to stunt. You're constantly foot faking. You're, okay, is he coming up? Is he going back? What's he doing? He's ready to rotate. So they're, they're, they've got to be active. They've got to be active. They've got to, they've got to, they can't lose their man. If you lose your man, that's going to be a problem. So you're still, because initially you're still man to man. The press is still man to man until we trap. So you have a man, but let's get uphill. Let's be, um, let's be in the screen. Let's be, uh, let's be in position to make plays. And it kind of depends on who you are. I mean, everybody's got a five man who can, who's not quite as mobile as um, I think I heard one of your podcasts recently where you're talking about five men who are not, not great, very mobile. I mean, we have got a couple of those too. And so they're not going to rotate as much. They're going to be more um, stunting and staying home where other guys are going to be more aggressive and looking to shoot gaps and be in rotation and look for steals. And if we have a guy who is really not great in rotation, we'll just say, all right, you're, you're going to press, but you're not going to rotate. Now we don't tell the other team that's the situation. We're gonna say, hey, you're you're gonna come up like you're gonna rotate, but at the end of the day, you're going back to the hole and protecting. But they've got to be smart back there. They've got to they got to know what what they can get. One of the worst things you can do is the false hustle where there's a, a pass made and you come up there and you don't get it, and now you put yourself in a bad position where it's a two on one or a two on nothing because you really couldn't get it in the first place, and you just wanted to show. The fans, what a great, what a, what a great effort it was by going up there. It's like that's that's going to kill us. So it's it's the it's a it's kind of an all or nothing. Either either get it if you can't get it, it's not the end of the world either. Then you just stunt and stay home, and we'll play off that. 
I wanted to take a brief pause from the podcast today to tell you about the pick and roll offense course on basketballimmersion.com. An NCAA Division I coach texted me last week telling me that he joined basketballimmersion.com and took his first course. He told me, and I quote, The pick and roll offense course was tremendous. So many creative ways to categorize pick and roll concepts and make the teachings better. I cannot wait to watch more videos and complete more courses. Your learning will never stop as a member of basketballimmersion.com as there are 25 courses with more coming each week, over 600 videos, and now over 70 master classes on special topics and so much more. Get one-stop shopping to stimulate your coaching. Get access at basketballimmersion.com and support not only your coaching, but this podcast as well. Thank you for being part of this community. Well, I imagine through video and practice and, and again, a lot of, lot of game-based play and practice, which we'll get into, but uh, players just have to get experience in those situations about whether to be aggressive or contain. And that ultimately is a huge thing, isn't it? Absolutely. And like you said, we, we, I mean, we're, we're doing so much five on five and so much is just, 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 you know, repetitions. And, and I'm not going to stop it. They're, they're going to screw up and practice. And like it, for me to stop it and practice and say, well, Hey, you screwed up. They know, they know they, 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 they know they made a mistake. And so we'll show it on video, but it's like, they just, you know, if you get 10 or 15 reps a day, on those kind of situations, you're going to get better. You're going to get better at it, you know. And there are times that you know, it's if they don't concentrate, they're going to do things that they shouldn't do. And they know they shouldn't do it. So it's, it's more of a hey, let's concentrate, let's pay attention to what's going on, let's let's be engaged in what's happening. You know, sometimes guys at the back of the press want to take a little bit of a break and let the up the guys up front do all the work. Well, they they're just, you know, they're just as important as anybody else. And so um, we try and and same thing. I try to have a coach watching those because as a, as a, as a coach, I'm watching the front of the press. Most of the, it's just, you're drawn to the ball, right? Just the way it is. And so I've got a coach at all times watching the back of the press. I can say, anyway, and they're constantly, you know, get uphill, get up, get to the ball, be very ready to rotate. When, when that guy goes to trap, we're going right away. So we're watching the whole thing. And, um, you know, to have a camera where you can actually see the whole press, we love games like in the in big arenas where you can see the whole floor. So sometimes in small college, you can't see, you can't see the whole floor. So it's great to be in a place where you can actually see the whole floor and see all five guys moving and rotate. And that help that helps us to teach what's going on. But like you said, at the end of the repetition is the biggest. That's in getting game, game action and game, 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 you know, through practice, through through us doing it all the time. And like we press every day. You know, we might press for 30 minutes to start the year. We might be now this time of year, we're probably down to it's February. We're probably down to maybe 10 or 15 minutes a day. But we're doing it all the time. So they they know they're getting reps in um and getting better. And uh, from watching your practices, I would say I would describe it as this, is that um, you're, you're both parts are you're sometimes just creating random situations. You know, we're going to go a chase trip. And then from whatever happens from there, we're going to play and coach and learn out of it. And then there's some situations where you actually create the situation you want to work on to start. And then it becomes more free play after you create that situation. Yep. That's and that's been a big part of our teaching is to create that, you know, What's hurting us? So we we you know we, we kind of can go through um, the scenarios, what happens in practice or in game, and like they don't, we're, we're getting beat on up the sideline, and we can't get the guy turned. We actually had that scenario this morning. We were like, wait, wait, guy, guy's too good. He's too quick. He's too fast. He beats up the sideline. We can't get him turned. How are we handling that? Like we're gonna stunt, stunt the guys in the back, um, get everybody over to, to one side of the floor. The bottom guy should take the ball, and then we should fan out, fan out on that, on that. Um, on the next pass. And so we, we actually put those in the, in these spots, we'll walk it through and you'll see it on the video, walk it through. Here's, here's what's happening. Here's what we should do. And then we just go and play out of that. You know, two guys, they beat our trap. They got two guys chasing. Um, guy flashes middle. That happens a lot. You know, guy fly. What, what happens if the guy flashes middle? We, we didn't take it away. They got the ball in the middle four. Now, how do we, so I'll actually throw the ball 
to the middle. All right, here's 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 our here's the breakdown. Here's how we screwed up. Now, how do we fix you know the fix it we call it with the shock of smart fix it? How we fix this to get us back to no layups, no threes, no fouls, and then five on playing five five on five half court basketball. So that's that's probably the best thing we do. Like we you know through the course of pressing all the time, you you try different things and different drills. But the best way to do it is just to go five on five and show this is what hurt us. This is the situation that hurt us. And let's let's recreate it and let's fix it and get better. So then in a game, hey, fellas, that that's, you know, we so uh, one thing that causes problems is is if we have a, a, a trap and a rotation, we miss the trap and we got two guys back. Well, that, that becomes then a a tandem. So the two guys that are back, there's, there's a three on two or four on two get into a tandem where the top guy's got the ball. That guy's got the first pass and everybody else is flying from behind. If we can get into that tandem and make them make one pass. We'll be recovering at the time that ball is thrown to the wing. We're, we're, we're back by then. So it's like, but they got to see they can't stay in their original spots. They have to get in that tandem and then, and then adjust. And so they'll start saying to themselves, we'll, we'll encourage it, obviously, with, with, our, with our terminology. But it's like, you know, get into a you know, tandem, tandem, tandem. And they'll get right to a tandem and we'll, we'll try to fix it. And, and, then, and that, uh, you know, it helps them to, to see that. But, yeah, that's, that's the, the best thing we do, I think, to, to solve problems and practices to just to create those situations. and and go from there. And uh, a part of characteristic of, of a lot of presses is that when you, when the opponent breaks your press, the, you're not out of the press. Like there's this recovery aspect or, you know, this chase down aspect, which still can put pressure on the defense. Can you talk about when you use that, if you use that all the time, or if you mix it in different times and what the philosophy is on recovery? Yeah, that's a question I get all the time, and it's like for our players too. Is when's the, when's the press over? The press is never over. The press is. I mean, you'll, I don't. I don't need to tell you when the press is over. You'll you'll know when the press is over because they they've either pulled it back out, or it's five on five, or or they've turned it over, or they scored. You know, so it's like we, it's pretty it's pretty obvious. So yeah, we want to the 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 um you're not going to turn a team over all the time. You're turning team over what I don't a good team maybe I don't know twenty percent of the time you know 23 percent twenty four percent of the time. The rest of the time, you got to be able to recover out of that. You know, we call it X. We X out of traps. We have a certain style. We we do it, which is on the tapes. But we're coming from behind, um, and I think a lot of that is psychological. When they when they know we're coming from behind, when they when they know at the start of the game, hey, if we break this thing, we have guys chasing down. So like you might have one free dribble. By the time you get to your second or third dribble, there should be someone looking over. You know, you're looking over your shoulder, like who's who's coming, who's coming, and like there's there's a pressure. Um, Mentally, that 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 we're gonna just keep attacking until something happens, you know. Um, and the guys will say, "Well, how long should I back tip?" I said, "Well, if he if he takes the ball and goes out that door over there and ends up in the parking lot, you just keep chasing him." And then I've got guys looking like I got I got three heads, but it's like just chase him. Huge on a on a back tip, we're gonna back tip that guy until he passes it. So if you're chasing a guy, like you're you're not gonna ever stop. If he he goes sideways, you just keep on back tipping him the whole. I mean, that and that back tip could lead to a to a trap. A guy, you know, you're coming from behind and he wants to go out and, and set up the offense. If he goes out, we got two guys there, we'll go trap that. And I think a lot of times it's the traps even after the press has been, you know, quote, broken. That, you know, they throw the ball to the corner and now we're in position to go trap the ball in the corner. We'll, we'll go do that. You know, that's fine. It's, it's, it's your, uh, once again, it's, it's their press, it's their call so they can go be aggressive and, um, and make those plays. And I think, you know, I think the press helps us in our half court defense. I think it helps us in our overall. I think it, it makes us a little more even in defensive transition. We'll get back tips in defensive transition because our guys are used to chasing things down from behind. And 
you know, when you're chasing from behind, like you're, you're, I mean, you're going hard. There's no, you can't chase a guy from behind. And, and I always tell the guys like, and it's not, may not be true, but you better be able to run faster. They can dribble. You can't run faster. They can dribble. Then I need to go out and find some guys that can do that kind of stuff. And so, um, now listen, there's some guys who, who can dribble faster than a lot of guys can run. I mean, I know I couldn't chase most guys down, but, um, you know, we're all, we're, it helps our half court. We're just more aggressive and we'll trap in the half court, even, even in a half court situation. If we see something like they're instinctive, they want to go trap. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Go, go trap. We, we're used to the rotations, go be aggressive and we'll figure out a way to, to fix it. It's great stuff. And uh, can you share some ideas and some insights on, uh, actually trapping? So a live dribble versus a dead dribble and the distinction between those two things specifically. Yeah. So it's, um, the, the live dribble we're trying to trap, you know, when he, when he, when he lo- got the ball handler loses vision when he spins, when he goes behind his bed, there's a certain time. I don't care how good a guard you are. Your hit, your eyes drop, like your head goes down, your eyes drop. When you go behind your back and you go through your legs, when you spin, we got to kind of smell it, sniff that out and smell those traps. And so that's, a, that's a situation where um, we're looking for the guy to lose vision. We're looking for a guy to, to put his head down. We're looking for him to be in a tough spot. Or, you know, around half court, um, if you cross over the corner over there, that's, that's a great spot to go. So we're, we're kind of anticipating that. You know, the, the, and, and when we go, it's like there's one guy, the guy that's on the ball, he's got to be solid. The guy who's trapping, it kind of depends on who you are. If, you know, if, you're, if you're a guy who can really you know, guard a guard, a guard so we don't want to get split for the most part. So when you go at the guy, it's kind of like you're, um, you know, I grew up in Iowa, so I'm, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm not a farmer, but I was around enough farmers. It's like you're herding cattle a little bit. You can't come, you can't, or, or roping a, or a horse. You're trying to get a horse um, to cut him off. You can't go straight at the guy. You got to kind of level him off a little bit. You got to come at him and then try to, try to like. And once, once we go trap, we're gonna stay in the trap till he passes it out. We don't want to leave. So, so it's like we're staying no matter what. So, we're going at him. Um, Trying to get him corralled, trying to get those two guys on the ball. We X out where if he if he beats if me and you are trapping Chris and he beats you, I'm gonna go behind you. If he beats me, you'd go behind me and we'll stay on the ball. So we and that's on the tapes as well. We spend time on that. So we're trying to we're trying to stay on that trap as long as we can and really try to shrink it as, as time goes on. You know, we only have so much time. I think the X outs, the dribble X outs are really good. If you can get good at that, it causes a lot because you know they think that they're beating me up the sideline. But all of a sudden, you come instead of chasing from behind. You come and cut me off underneath, and and corral that guy. That's really difficult to play against. The dead ball stuff, you know, that's that's more probably usually going to be on the on the on the first pass. And that's you know, love to have the guy catch the ball in a tough spot. You know, if he catches the ball in the corner, if he catches the ball, his back to the basket. If we're on a if we're on a run, if um, if a guy's a, a non handler uh, throws it in, let's go get that guy and let's go get him hard. You know, we're trying to get a deflection. We're trying to get a tip. We don't want to foul. The guys in the trap, they're not, they're not trying to steal the ball. They're just trying to get make it, make it a lob pass, make it a bounce pass, make it a make it a tip pass. And 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 but being aggressive, like you know, obviously we 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 want to make them uncomfortable, we want to make them and like we do foul, you know. I hope no, the whole world's not watching the pod. I hope referees aren't watching the I'm sure referees, some referees do watch I maybe mean, the whole world watches your pod, you listen to your podcast, but I hope referees we do foul. Like we foul, we, like we don't we don't punish them for for not fouling for fouling all the time. Like we're just hey, let's not be crazy, but we're going to try it with our body. We know not with your arms, but try to get, the, you know, get, get underneath them a little bit, try to be physical with our chest, try to try to walk them out of their spots a little bit. If they're, if they're up, if they're not in, a, in a, an athletic stance, we'll try to be really aggressive with them. Um, but you got to be smart. I mean, you go after a guy who's a, who's a really good guard who can split a double team that could cause you a lot of problems too. So we, 
we spend time on that. But, you know, those guys got to be aggressive, smart, and under control. Well, you, sp- you spoke about the psychology of official. Like, officials don't want to blow the whistle. Like, that's not the intent, right? So it's like by fouling more, you're actually getting away with more fouls. And that is a big part of a pressing system, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I think you got to be cognizant of the of the bonus. And there's there's times like you can foul. And it's not going to hurt you too much. Now, if there's if we're in the double bonus with with 10 minutes to go in the first half, that's that's not a good thing. So we got to be aware of what's going on. And we'll and our guys know that we can. That's one thing we do. We keep we keep track of the fouls and we're very much on top of that. So we you know, we do foul. We there's t- there's a time and place to to not foul. It's, it's funny because. When we first started pressing. Um, we'd foul a lot. Because we're being really aggressive, and I'd and I you know I'm like, I'd go to halftime and say, "Hey, foul, stop, foul, stop, foul, stop, foul." Then we come out, we wouldn't foul for the first ten minutes, and our press sucked. We were we were awful for the first, and I'm like, "Well, we need to, we need to foul more now." We got so so. There's a a fine line. We definitely want to be aggressive, and we definitely are going to foul at times without making the. We don't want to give them free throws, you know. So and like what I what I try to do with referees is I try to constantly yell at my guys, "Hey, don't don't foul, don't foul, you know, show your hands, show your hands." Like we're constantly saying that kind of stuff, trying to. Hey, you know, let them know we're trying to do the right thing here. We're trying not to foul. And they, you're always nice to them and you're always trying to, 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 you know, tell them what a great job they're doing, all that kind of stuff. And just keep on, just keep on fouling. Right? <laughs> just, just, just keep going. <laughs> always nice to them. Hey, oh, yeah. you, you, look, I don't want to help your opponents, but I am still surprised. And easier said than done. So there's no judgment here, but it's just how many teams still design their press entries to enter to the ball side? instead of attacking the weak side on entry. And I would imagine that's one of the things that would uh, influence your defense the most is inbounding to the weak side to more space on the weak side of the floor. Absolutely, because then you're forced to, you're forced to a long trap. And so we, we can't, we don't want long traps. And so if you're going to throw a ball to the ball side of the floor and, and we can get there, if you can get there in three steps, we want to go. That's, that's just a general rule. So, if, you know, I've also said a guy, guy will say, well, is that too, too far? Were you there in three steps? Yeah, I was there. Well, that, that's fine. So if you go to the weak side of the floor, we're not going to get there in three steps. And I think teams are still, there's still a little bit of, you know, they have a press break. You know, most teams have one press or they have two press breaks. Well, we're going to be used to two press breaks. I mean, there's, you got to be a little more probably as time goes on a little more. That's part of the beauty of the press is we're going to force you to have different ways of doing things. You're going to have to think of something else that would, that's going to cause us problems. And, and um, if you just go with the conventional, like, you know, you know, I was around my dad when he's coaching all those years and everybody went one, four. You want to go one four against our press, like that's that's not a great you know. Don't bring all the whole team back to the bat. That's that's not a great way because all you're doing is bringing our whole team and we're going to play in in a quarter quarter of the of the court and we're short traps, short rotations. So the best way yeah, to be I mean, is- talk about that because again, I see that all the time too, and it's like you don't want more people in a smaller space when you're no. trying to attack pressure, do you? No, the, I mean the best way to be, to be pressure is to have have a. a, a one guy who can really handle the ball and give him, give as much space as possible, give him as much room as he, as he can and, and, and just space us out and make us have to, to, to cover more ground. You know, the less, the less ground we have to cover, the better off we're going to be. And obviously we're going to, we're going to adjust to that. And that's why, that's why um, if teams do that, we'll try to get more stuff around half court where you can short, shorten the court a little bit, but no, the more, the more guys teams bring back, the more they try to try to get on top of things, the more they try, the more guys that, you know, the, you know, the, if they try to, you know, screen it, or they try to, we're going to switch the screens. We're going to trap the screens. That part's not going to problem. It's just, we have more problems when we have, when they have, when the teams have more spacing, better, but it's like, that's true of any kind of defense you play half court defense or spacing is always the, is the issue. If we, we got to cover more space. We're going we're to have problems, you know? So um, it's interesting, but as time goes on, you see different ideas and different thoughts. And, you know, we, 
you know, Ben McCollum, who's obviously a guest in your pie, who's a good friend of mine. And he, um, they did some interesting things against our press. It causes problems. I mean, he, he put some time and thought into it. I'm like, you know, it made us better by going against him because it was something, Hey, this is, this is new. We haven't, haven't covered this yet. And then of course, when they, when he was, you know, I would say it was successful against it, but I wouldn't say it was really successful. But they did a good job against it. So the more that people saw it on video, hey, let's try with what they did. So we had to kind of change what we did a little bit and and be ready because he he flashed the guard's middle, and his point guard his point guard wouldn't handle the initial pass. He'd flash him to the middle, and that causes problems because now if we went to trap, they're throwing the ball to their best ball handler. And the beauty of our press is a lot of times, right? The best ball handler's got the ball. We trap him, take away the next best ball handler. By the time it gets to the third guy, he's not quite as good making decisions. We're making plays going full speed. We're chasing him from behind. We're in a tandem. And that's what you kind of want is a guy who's not used to making those plays handle the ball. And then he throws the ball to the fourth guy who doesn't really want to shoot because that's not his role. So he's not, he's afraid to make a play. Then he travels. We get a lot of our turnovers because it's the wrong guy handle the ball at the wrong time in the wrong spots. That's just, I know it's not the traps. Everybody thinks, well, it's the traps or it's the steals. It's that it's more of them being sped up and playing outside their comfort level of what they're used to, used to doing. So, um, yeah, it's a, you know, we're trying to prepare ourselves for all the situations, but it's it's interesting. Well, I love getting your insights on that side of things since you've done this for so long. I mean, it's it's really good. And that, the Ben McCollum thing reminds me of the Bobby Kremen story he told at a Nike clinic once when he did a whole clinic on press break. And he started the clinic and he said, listen, here's what I do. I get the ball to Kenny Anderson. <laughs> Coach, what if you don't have Kenny Anderson? Well, I give it to Steph Marbury. What if I don't have any of them? I get fired. You know, it's like, it's like a little obvious, you know, and we don't all have that luxury, but to a certain extent, it's like, if you do have an incredible player, you can get him the ball. But if not, to your point about what Ben said, it's like, don't inbound to your best ball handler because you know, they're going to take the ball out of their hand. And that's just yep. a, a brilliant way of looking at it. Yep. That's, 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 that's true. I know. Reminds me of those great Nike clinics, right? With all the stories. Um <laughs> we could talk forever. I was, uh, I was a kid going to those things all the time. My dad used to me all the time. I used to love going and, and, and watching that stuff. It was crazy. It was unbelievable. I know. And uh, you already connected this for a little bit, but I want you to tie it in for everyone to be able to understand. So you run motion on offense. So talk to me about how those two things go together, the pressing system in motion, because there seems to be great synergy. Yeah. So, you know, and, and you know me a little bit, Chris, and like my, my and if you knew me better, like my wife knows me better, like I, my mind does not work. I can't keep track of plays. Like I, we have, we, we might be the simplest out of bounds team, to play team. And I get most of my stuff, like my, my, um, ideas for offense or sets or out of bounds off of, of videos and things like that. And I'll actually show the video to my guys and say, you know, what do you think? Cause I, cause I can't really diagram it or show it. So I'm, <laughs> my mind is not, I'm like a, um, I'm a, I'm not a paint my numbers guy. I'm a, I'm a, just a free thinker. So Motion to me, and, and, I, and I grew up running motion. My dad was a, I, you know, when, when you played in motion, it's hard to go play something else. I didn't run a set play in basketball until I went to prep school in college. I never run a set play my whole life. I mean, we, didn't, we didn't have one set play in high school. It was all motion. So it was all, we're making decisions. We're, we're, you know, when we played in high school, you played in Iowa, you played 100 games a summer. So that's all we did was play, play games, and there was, it was all motion. So by the time you play 100 games in the summer and play 25 during the season, you do that for your whole life, like you're pretty good at motion offense. And so we, we kind of knew how to screen, who to, how to read, how to play. And it's, um, you're making decisions. It's, it's, it's decision-making, like you know, what, you, what you believe in, which I believe in, is, is that that's how basketball should be played. It's like you, the players, like, how do you tell, um, how do I tell you what to do? You should, you got to read what to do. Your defender tells you what to do. Your defenders, it's all about what the defense does. And so that, that thinking, I think, translates to the press too. It's like, I'm not saying, hey, we're, 
you know, do we trap here? Well, not. Do you want to trap there? That, that's your decision. You got to make the decision on when to trap, where to go, how to rotate. We're going to give you these, you know, just like an emotion. We're, we're going to give you flare screens, ball screens, back screens, staggers, um, inside cuts, basket cuts. We're going to give you these tools. Then you figure out how to get a good shot, right? And the press, here's all, here's all the tools to how we're going to press. Now you got to figure out um, with our guidance what to do. And obviously there's, that, that's not to say there's not a lot of coaching and teaching involved in that, but it's, we're not holding your hand. We're not, we're not telling you um, what to do. I think it'd be hard to press and then run a structured set offense. We haven't done it, so I wouldn't know, what, I wouldn't know how to do it, but I think it'd be very hard to come down now and say, hey, I'm going to take control and I'm going to tell you how to play offense. I think, I think it kind of flows into, all right, we're going to press this way and then on offense, we're going we're gonna to make decisions and let you play. And, I, and I'm a big believer because the pressing is, pressing is hard. Like there's no doubt, pressing is hard. It's, um, it's grueling. It's, 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 it's tough, especially guys in the front of the press. I mean, it's, 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 so I want to give them some freedom offensively to play. You know, I want to let I want to let them, you know, make decisions, let, let them have some fun on offense. You know, when I say have fun, uh, I'm not sure fun, fun is fun. depends on who you are kind of sometimes. But I want, I want them to, to, to be able to play with some freedom, not me down their throats, constantly calling a set, calling a play. Um, I want them to have a have a good feel for how to play basketball. You know, I think when when guys come to to play in our program, it's like they, they know that you know, after they've been here for a while, it's like, hey, we're not we're not going to we're not overbearing it's not it's it's i'm not don't I, my thing is never look to me on the bench I, I will and we we don't we don't um take guys out for mistakes you know we have effort effort will take them out for but like you know you you screw up on a rotation all right we're gonna we're gonna yell at you and say hey, you should have done it but we're gonna let you play through that even on off bench you screw up you, you you take a shot we don't love we're gonna let you shoot that shot as long as you're you're playing hard doing the right thing so i think there's a great synergy between the motion and, and, the, and the press but you know I'm biased, of course, but that's that's what I, that's what I think. Well, you should be biased because it's your stuff that you're you're doing, and you need your players to do it. But I think my biggest takeaway from that is that there was no workload management in Iowa back in the day when you were playing high school basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but sorry, to, to, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say. I mean, to your point though, like teaching motion has become difficult because of the restrictions in practice time, yeah. right? Hundred percent, and that's that's why I just said it. We, we we were good at it because that's we we go play two games in the morning and get us to get the station wagon and drive across Iowa and the cornfields and play two games at night. Like, but you're playing four games a day. Like, you better be you know, no. Like, we 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 had chances to. And my dad was a stickler about motion. Like 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 I, I try to be too. Is like you got a chance to to really get into it and get, and get good at it. And guys knew kind of what to do. And so yeah, it makes it harder. You and I and I will say this from you know I'm a Division two now as a Division one. I, I was a head coach of Division three. We we didn't have. In Division Three, there's no off-season workouts. I think it'd be hard to, to you know, it's hard to, to do all that stuff when you don't have time to work with your guys constantly on motion and on our press and things like that. So the more time you have, obviously, the, the better off it is. And I think, yeah, I think the the lack of the practice time and it, it, we can go on. That could be a whole other podcast, but it drives you crazy that the lack of access some guys have to their players to help to teach them and help them is is it's it's too bad. It's 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 because. It, yeah. Not to jump on that Division Three bandwagon, but I don't get that. I don't understand that. If kids choose your school because they want to play basketball as an extracurricular, then yeah. what? Why are we limiting their opportunity? But uh, you and I could go off on that forever, couldn't we? Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I, I played. I played Division Three basketball. I was a. I was a good student, but I was also a basketball junkie. Like I, lo- I would have loved to had time to 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 do more stuff like that. So no, it's it's it's. Uh, and but I think I think you know for me I, I always think it's hard. It'd be harder for me to teach a guy. 30 sets and 30 plays than it would to just teach them motion and say, Hey, you can go ball screen. You can go back screen. You can go flare screen. I think they, they, and then if you, if you make a mistake, you know, you can still play through it. Just like the press, we can, 
I told playing half court defense, you got to be so precise. Like you half court defense, if all you play is half court defense, you got to you can't screw up. You got to do all the things which I think are huge, very important. But I think in the press, we can make a mistake and make up for a mistake by our effort, by our by our um, five guys playing together, by by chasing stuff down from behind, by making them pl- play in a, in a different situation. As opposed, to if you just play half court basketball, you know, and you all of a sudden you don't tag a a stagger, you don't you don't handle a a cross screen the right way. It's going to be a basket, you know. And um, and as we go back to the first thing we talk about turnover margin, okay, fine. They get a layup on us. Well, let's get we get two turnovers to offset that layup, and that's a four that's a four two advantage for us. So we still win, you know. I love it. Such a great system, and uh, obviously incredible success you've had through your years of coaching. And uh, you know, maybe give us one last perspective. Uh, why should somebody go to TobinAndersonBasketball.com and check out your all access press, practice pressing systems? What is a coach going to see when they watch your practices? Well, I think you're going to see, you know, A through Z, everything we do. Like, I didn't hold it. We don't hold anything back at all. Like, the, the whole total package. Like, I'm, I'm a big believer in, 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 like, I don't care if you know what we, what we do and how we play because, you know, we're going to do it every day and then we're going to, we're going to teach it every day. And so, guys, um, you can't replicate what we do as far as preparing for us, right? So you're going to see everything we do. There's, not, there's nothing hidden at all. I didn't hide, I didn't hide anything back. I, I talked to other guys who are on podcasts. Like, why do you sh- – they're like, why do you share so much? Why do you show us? I'm like, because I'm like, I, that's, I also, I like what we do. Like we had a, had a great buddy of mine who was uh, Tyler Sims, who's at Clark university. And he came in and they took our press and they went from, I don't know, they were like, I don't know, five and 22 years ago. I think they were 20 and five this year doing all this stuff. And like, I watch him on, I love to watch his games. Now Cause they're doing what we're, what we're doing. Like they're, they're doing all our stuff. And he just, he just took what we did and that's what they do. And they, they do it very well now. So I think you're going to see the total package, everything we do, um, not hold anything back. You'll see a fun way to play, a fun way to a fun way to coach. You know, there's not a day I go into practice I'm not excited about practice. You know, I think I think not that I wouldn't be anyway. I think I, I love basketball just like you do, like we all we all do. But it's like pressing makes it a little more fun and like you know I think kind of to your approach, Chris. Like we you know we used to do a lot more drills and a lot more stuff that I think might have been too much fluff and too much. That, that's that's how it was back then. You know, my my, my dad coached. We did we did he did 50 drills. We might get loose and and do some some breakdown stuff and do some individual. By the fifteenth minute of practice, we're we're pressing like we're going up and down five on five with our press right away, and we're teaching and we're coaching and the guys are going hard and there's there's competition. So I think you'll see that and you'll see you'll see what we do and and um, I think I think we covered a lot of things in that those tapes that, that, that people are gonna gonna see and gonna gonna like and everybody's gonna put their own tweak on things and put their own spin on stuff. But it's a good foundation. Like at the end of the day, it's not it's not my you know, it's, it's it's there's a foundation for me. It's not it's not I didn't invent this. It's, it came from somebody else. But I think how we do it. Is unique. I don't think a lot of teams play that way. I think a lot of teams want to play that way. I think a lot of teams talk about playing that way. Um, I think the more teams that did it, I think it, it, they, they would enjoy it and it would be a lot very successful. And I think you know one of the things that the beauties of pressing is you you play more guys. You play you play more guys. You get more guys involved. Whether you're at the high school level, college level, you know we had a kid just get injured a couple of days ago, and like, but we're prepared for that because we've been playing a lot of guys already. So it's not like all of a sudden the guy who's not been playing has to play a role. He's already been he's already been playing a role. Now his role may be a little bit bigger, but he's ready to go in right now and play um, without any hesitation at all. And I think in high school, you know, every high school team has a kid who's a sophomore in high school who's like, hey, he's close to being good enough, but let's, let's wait till next year. But if you're pressing, you're playing nine or 10 guys, he's playing in the rotation when he's a sophomore. Now, all of a sudden, he's a junior. He's a very valuable player for us who's had experience, who's been on the floor a lot. So I think whatever level you're at, I think it can, be, can, really, can really help you to, to win a bunch of games and be successful and, and, and fun to coach, fun. To, and, and then your guys get better. I think, I think guy, our guys get better. By playing because they've, they've got to make decisions in practice against it every day, uh, going full speed, um, under under duress, and 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 um, 
it makes it, it works. It works out well for us. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I can echo the one thing is that you're going to see coaching interventions that lead to success. And that's the thing. It's not a magic drill and there's no magic drill. It's all the coaching interventions that you shared with us that now really give me an insight in terms of not what you do, but how you do it, which is equally important and uh, just a great system and a great blueprint for coaches. So coach, I can't thank you enough, first of all, to uh, reconnect with you over the years, but also for sharing the game with us uh, so graciously. Thank you for uh, joining us. That's great, Chris. I mean, through social media, I feel like we talk every day because I'm either on your podcast or watch your videos or whatever, but it's uh, it's awesome. You do a great job and it's it's a, it's, a, it's an honor to be here and I, I appreciate doing the tapes and yeah, just, it's great. It's great stuff. We love, we all love basketball. So it, um, making me a better, it's been maybe a better coach and I think, you know, just, just fun to be around. So I, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the basketball podcast. Learn more from some of the best coaches in the world at immersionvideos.com. At immersionvideos.com, our unwavering commitment to you is to offer the tools necessary for you to be an outstanding coach who values learning and seeks to evolve. If you're a better coach now than you were yesterday, we've done our job and so have you. The goal is to focus on authentic sharing of resources you can use to help your players and teams improve. Drills, tactics, techniques, philosophies, practice design, and so much more will be shared from numerous coaches, including Nate Oates, Doug Novak, Aaron Fern, Dave Smart, and so many more to come. Go to ImmersionVideos.com now to check out all the products and follow at ImmersionVideos on Twitter to keep up to date. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and to give the Basketball Podcast and this week's guest a shout out on social media to show your support for us sharing the game. And to stay up to date on all things Basketball Immersion, subscribe to our newsletter at basketballimmersion.com newsletter.